This encore program for Fire on the Earth was chosen based on the request from many listeners. Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host. We're going to talk today about the Archangels. We're celebrating the church, the feast of St. Michael, St. Gabriel, and St. Raphael, the Archangels. I want to talk just a little bit about angels, what the Catechism teaches us about it, really, as it brings to us the whole tradition and church's understanding of the angels and where they come from and what their mission is. Then I also want to read the beautiful passage from Revelation chapter 12 in the battle of St. Michael, the archangel against Satan. So paragraph 328 from the Catechism says this, the existence of the spiritual non-corporeal beings that sacred scripture usually calls angels is a truth of the faith. The witness of scripture is as clear as the unanimity of tradition itself. So both scripture and tradition are united and totally clear on this reality that angels exist. So here's Augustine. So who are they? Paragraph 329, St. Augustine says, angel is the name of their office, not of their nature. If you seek the name of their nature, it is spirit. If you seek the name of their office, it is angel. From what they are, spirit, from what they do, angel. With their whole beings, the angels are servants and messengers of God. This is what they do. This is what angel really means. Servants and messengers of God, because they always behold the face of my Father who is in heaven, Jesus told us. They are the mighty ones who do his word, hearkening to the voice of his word, because they always behold the face of my Father who is in heaven. The angels see and they glorify and they sing the praises of God, who is light, who is the source of all things. Paragraph 330. As purely spiritual creatures, angels have intelligence and will. They are personal and immortal creatures, surpassing in perfection all visible creatures as the splendor of their glory bears witness. So they have intelligence and they have will. We have intelligence and will, but we also have bodies, right? We're embodied spirits. Angels are not. And there's a profound glory and splendor that goes forth from them. Again, and they're simply reflecting just as glorious and overwhelming as they are. For example, if St. Michael, the archangel, appeared in, you know, to you in your home, you would fall down to the ground and tremble and be overwhelmed by his glory and majesty, right? And you'd be so aware of holiness and so aware of transcendence and purity and amazement of this extraordinary creature as you'd be tempted to worship him. Just like C.S. Lewis said, even if we could see the glory and the dignity of human beings in light of God and how he's made us in the way God's going to ultimately, for those who say yes to him and bring them into salvation, how we will reflect his glory. We would be tempted to worship even human beings. But angels, many people have seen angels throughout history and have that kind of experience, you know, the holiness of God, but they just reflect a bit of the glory and majesty of God. Paragraph 331, Christ with all his angels. Christ is the center of the angelic world. They are his angels. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, all the angels will come with him, Scripture tells us, right? They belong to him because they were created through him and for him. 
just like us, every one of us, all things that, all things that were created were created through the Son and for the Son. For him, for in him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, scripture reminds us. It's, this gives us a sense and maybe in a moment like this, a little taste, and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us of the grasping the glory, majesty, and might and power of Christ, you know, the eternal Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father. He's the one who is Lord of all. All power and authority belongs to him, and there's hierarchies of angels, and the archangels are at the top of that hierarchy, and they are extremely powerful and full of glory, but they all are servants. And again, are creatures. The paragraph goes on. It says they belong to him still more because he has made them messengers of his saving plan. So they're at the service of the saving plan of God, the plan that began in the heart of the father, but the plan that's being executed by the son, the faithful one, right? Who disarmed the principalities and powers and is now making salvation a possibility for human beings. God sent forth his son into the world, what, to seek and save the lost, human beings that bear the image of God, to bring them out of darkness and slavery, demonic powers and Satan, and to bring them into the to the reality becoming children of God. Image of God that has fallen and lost its likeness. But that likeness is restored when we're baptized into Christ and we become his children in his family. And the angels are at the service of the king who comes to seek and save the lost. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to serve? Scripture says, for the sake of those who are to obtain salvation. Paragraph 332. Angels have been present since creation and throughout the history of salvation, announcing this salvation from afar or near and serving the accomplishment of this divine plan. They closed earthly paradise. They protected Lot. They saved Hagar and her child. They stayed Abraham's hand. They communicated the law by their ministry, led the people of God, announced the births and callings, and assisted the prophets. Just to cite a few examples, the catechism says here, finally the angel Gabriel announced the birth of the precursor and that of Jesus himself. Paragraph 333, from the incarnation to the ascension, that is Jesus's Conception in the womb of Our Lady, from the incarnation to His ascension into glory to the right hand of the Father, the life of the Word incarnate is surrounded by the adoration and the service of angels. When God brings the firstborn into the world, He says, let all God's angels worship Him. Their song of praise at the birth of Christ has not ceased resounding in the church's praise. Glory to God in the highest. They protect Jesus in his infancy. They serve him in the desert. They strengthen him in his agony in the garden. And when he could have been saved by them from the hands of his enemies as Israel had been. Again, it is the angels who evangelize by proclaiming the good news of Christ's incarnation and resurrection. They will be present at Christ's return, which they will announce to serve at his judgment. Because we know he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. There's so much we could say from the catechism, but I just wanted to give you a taste of it, encourage you to go to the catechism and just read these paragraphs. There's so much wisdom there of what the church understands about these extraordinary creatures, the angels.
What I'd like to read now is just Revelation chapter 12. It was one of the optional readings for Mass today. As we celebrate this feast, remembering St. Michael, the Archangel, Gabriel, and Raphael. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels battled against the dragon. The dragon and its angels fought back, but they did not prevail, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. The huge dragon, the ancient serpent, who was called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world, was thrown down to the earth, and its angels were thrown down with it. It was a creature who defeated the creature. You have to remember that. Satan is a creature. He's a rebellious, fallen angel. He's a rebel, and he's filled with hate. He does not want to serve, as we've been hearing. You know, Michael and the archangels, they exist to serve the Lord. That's what they do. Right? They're his messengers. They stand at his beck and call. But Satan refused to serve. I will not serve. And yet that's why that spirit's in the earth. That's why so much of what's in the human heart, the fallen human heart, devil, the devil seduced us to the same thing. I will not serve. That's why the world is dominated by this desire and energy to push God from the human horizon, to deny God's existence, or to simply ignore God and to make ourselves God. That's a clear sign, friends, of the dominion. When Scripture says the whole world's in the power of the devil, that's exactly how it gets expressed in so many ways in the world. Whole nations denying the existence of God, wanting no reference to him whatsoever, as well as individuals and peoples. But the book of Revelation, the reading from uh, Revelation 12 goes on, it says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have salvation and power come, and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his anointed. For the accuser of our brothers is cast out who accuses them before God, before our God, day and night. They conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Love for life did not deter them from death. Therefore, rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. There's just so much here in this as we celebrate uh, St. Michael's victory. But what we see is not only the angels, but those who are right now before the throne of God, who are being accused, I mean, who the devil tried to accuse, let me put it that way, are now being celebrated. Who are they? The martyrs, those who died, those who conquered the devil, just like Satan threw him down, but then human beings under the anointing of Christ the Lord are faithful witnesses in the earth, and they die faithful witnesses. They shed their blood. They shed their blood in in testimony blood testimony to the truth of God and their life became an offering to God and they're celebrated in heaven now. And they know, how did they win this victory? How are you and I going to win this victory? This is a central reality that this passage is pointing out to us. And we should be strengthened in knowing that the angels, guardian angels, and the angels themselves are are helping us reach this end. Those martyrs in heaven who are being celebrated because of the salvation and power have come. The kingdom of our God and the authority of his anointed is now a reality. Christ is at the right hand of the Father. And we we declare the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. And these are victorious brothers and sisters who have conquered the devil by the blood of the Lamb because they were washed in the blood of the Lamb. 
the blood that cleansed them, that set them free from the bondage of sin and the destiny of death and separation from God. It's the blood of Jesus that broke the chains of darkness of the devil. And so that blood strengthened them. The Spirit of God was given to them in their baptism. And they lived, and by the word of their testimony, they acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord. And they died confessing him as faithful witnesses. And it says they love not their lives even unto death. Friends, faithful witness is one of the titles the book of Revelation gives to Jesus. He's the faithful witness right to the end. And this is a central part of what it means for us to be disciples, to give witness, courageous, faithful witness to the truth of the gospel, to the words and the works of Jesus, our King, in an unbelieving and increasingly hostile world. We're all called, brothers and sisters, to share in the rejection of our Lord, to be united to his suffering, to follow him, to stand with him. There's this spiritual alchemy that God works in us in the midst of all this, right? The faithful suffering witnesses who are transformed into glorified victors through faith and perseverance and patient endurance. And suffering witnesses to the faith is the norm of the Christian life. And we become conquerors. How did they become conquerors? Not through violence they afflicted on others, but through violence they suffered for the sake of the gospel. That's what God wants to do in you and in me. Friends, let's receive it and embrace it and walk in it for the glory of our God. God bless you. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth, would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.